welcome to Screen Tome Club. This is episode 120 of your manga discussion podcast, um, season six, episode two. As it turns out, we are recording this on the 22nd of January, 2023. Um, and yeah, this is your fortnightly look at manga. We will focus on joint discussion. Your hosts are me, Elliot Page, and my lovely co-host, Mr. Andy Hanley. How are you doing, Andy? I'm doing very well. Um, happy 300 podcast till episode 420 anniversary. <laughs> you, you're just shooting way too high for the stars there, Andy. <laughs> um, also, happy Chinese New Year. Um, year of the rabbit, I believe. Mm, so, is, yeah. yeah, look out for lots and lots of rabbit themed fan art, which, hey, you know, any excuse, really. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I will say one of the first things I saw when, like, the, new, the, 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 you know, our Western New Year rolled around was lots of bun- bunny girl fan art just going, going ham everywhere. Because, of course, people are going to use it as an excuse for that. And I fully suspect the coming year will have plenty, plenty more of that. So finally, we can have a resurrection of our Harahi Suzumiya um, all over again. I mean, they're bringing back Lucky Star, so I mean, I guess it's you know what are they? Yeah, yeah, there's there's a Lucky Star thing happening. I, I forget the exact specifics of it, but yeah, Lucky Star is is a thing. And again, I've started to see more and more fan art of that cropping up again. So I was just like, oh yeah, Lucky Star. Yeah, it's about time. Which is it ar- ar- arguable? But you know, I'm just going to keep saying is it to every repl- every everything you say <laughs> at this point. But I mean, sure, I I I I must admit I had seen an uptick in Lucky Star ab- um, fan art, and I was like. Does everyone just have a brain worm? Like, sure, why not? Like, I guess. Like, sure. Man, going back to that series now must be such a weird trip, given, like, how preserved in amber it is. Um, anyway, okay, sorry, tangent is already. Um, this is, yeah, we're looking at manga, not Lucky Star, although Lucky Star is a manga, but we haven't covered it on the podcast yet um but of course we have a patreon um you can support us from the mere sum of three us dollars a month and get all of our bonus episodes um by the time this comes out we should have our january bonus episode on the apothecary diaries out the manga version uh, which has been hotly requested um quite honestly um so yeah looking forward to that honestly because i have heard very positive things um people i trust have very positive things to say about it so looking forward to it frankly um, also, um, we have our shout-out tier members, uh, Rob Jessup, the Bluehead Cyborg, and Seegers Gert. So thank you ever so much once again for all for supporting us as you do. Right, let's get on to the manga, well, or light novel. Shall I go ahead, Andy? Uh, yeah, yeah, let's uh, let, let's do this one. Cool, so my pick is um, My Stepmom's Daughter Is My Ex. So there you go, nice, succinct title without getting into too long. Um, but also, I had an anime, I think, in the most recent season, which was already, frankly, overpacked. Um, the author is Kyosuke Kamishiro. The artist is Takayaki, um, which sounds delicious. Um, translated by, um, apologies in advance if I get this pronunciation wrong, but Gerilon Dunn. Um, it's published by J Novel Club. Um, it's not complete at the moment. It's up to nine volumes in Japan and is um, up to five volumes released in English with the sixth one currently going on with the J Novel Club Simul Pub releasing chapters as they come function. Um, you can get it from J Novel Club, unsurprisingly, and you can also buy digital volumes, which is how I read it. So um, to use a to abuse a rather overused format, 
uh boy meets girl girl meets boy in the in junior high you know middle school um they're both bookish both bookwormy um and they kind of come to you know like each other why not you know they go out and that's nice and they go out for a bit and then things kind of fall off a cliff and they're kind of going out but they're not really seeing each other a lot and i don't know about you but this has memories of my own my own like childhood romances where you're like yeah i have a girlfriend but we don't really talk at the moment because i don't know i think we're kind of upset with each other i'm not sure and basically just before like summer break or the end well they stop talking around summer break of their last year of middle school and then they break up and uh, just before graduate just after graduation in fact on graduation so they you know they graduate and they say yep let's just split up and done you know cut the knot there we go and then they you know high school starts and also um their parents remarry each other oh shit and so uh your main first point of view is mizuto irido um whose dad um gets married to the girl yume irido's mum and congratulations you're now step siblings oh fuck this won't be awkward at all and so basically the series jumps you in um they've just started high school um yume the girl has had like a bit of a high school debut she's had a high school debut type dealie to try and shed her like withdrawn quiet you know you know hair covering eyes style character backstory um to renovate herself and be more outgoing and Mizuto doesn't really give a fig, but he's there. And so, yeah, they're both in this quite fancy, like, hard to get into prep school, um, you know, kind of higher end of the whole, like, entrance exam scale. And, yeah, they've ended up basically in the same class, one behind, one sat behind the other, and also now having to cohabitate in the same building and now basically being in each other's grills. Um, and so thus begins their rather sort of strained um, living situation, as well as, you know, as you may expect them being teenagers, having to like organize their emotions and the fact that, hey, they can't just pull this behind them because now they live together. And so, yeah, it's a bit of a com- it's a bit of a jokey setup. But the main thing for me is I really enjoy this series like Cards on Table. I really like this series and I've continued to read it past volume one, mainly because like there's a lot of sniping between the characters and like between between multiple sets of characters but it's all the kind of well-pitched teenage sniping and of course because they used to go out there's a lot of like ugh, i always hated that about you it's like well i hate that about you it's like oh what about this oh that's not fair you used to like that well i didn't and so you get that kind of rather fun crackly dialogue of people sniping at each other and also they're like the other part of it, the reason why I like it, is because at the end of the day, they're good kids. Like, they don't want to fuck this up for their parents. And that's kind of cute. Like, that's table stakes and is kind of, frankly, adorable. Um, I don't think it's this volume when there's like a Mother's Day event happening, which is extremely cute. And so, yeah, they they don't want to fuck it up for their parents. They're going to muddle through somehow. And maybe they still have a thing for each other, question mark? And, of course, that's the tension at the heart of it is um, them kind of trying to downplay and keep on a down low their previous you know romance slash going out slash awkward teenage fling with you know trying to get on in high school making new friends and continuing from there um this volume kind of portrays a few sort of web novelish roots and has a few other weird sort of sidesteps um especially from the female main character yume 
But in general, I come out really enjoying this series and this volume as, you know, it, it gets better from here, but I like this volume anyway because it, you know, it's a funny setup. Like, it is on its face, a funny setup, and it executes it well, and it kind of knows how to play the characters to make them engaging and also not terrible. So, you know, it'd be quite easy to make them unsufferable. Um, but Andy, like, I, I need to hand this over to you because I presume you haven't read this before. And, um, oh, as a tangent, I haven't watched the anime. I don't really plan to, frankly. I'm way ahead already. So, Andy, what did you think of this? Uh, yeah, so yeah, I've, I've not read this before, also not watched the anime. Um, I really like the first couple of chapters of this, for mostly the reasons you've outlined. Like, I think it's, it is a really good depiction of that, you know, you were going out with somebody you've broken up, you're maybe not entirely happy with the fact the relationship has ended, but your brain just does this thing where it picks on all the things that you didn't like about them to kind of make it feel like it's okay that you've broken up with them and be like, yeah, actually, yeah, you're just a pain. I never really liked all this stuff about you. Here here are all the irritations that I had just kind of like blown up to 500% and all the things I actually liked about you just kind of pushed down into the back of my brain so that I can actually kind of process this um it does a really good job of all of that like you say it's kind of fun when that sort of becomes like a verbalized thing and the two of them are just kind of sniping at each other in that also in that kind of especially when you're a teenager you know you you do the whole like oh we'll still be friends kind of thing and (laughs) spoilers no yeah and your approximation of being friends is just basically arguing all the time um and maybe i'm just betraying too much about myself here i don't know um but yeah, all of that is really fun. Um, I like the fact that it uses kind of switching viewpoints between the two main characters, so you're not always just getting one of their internal monologues. Like, you know, you get chapters from the sort of, you know, the internal viewpoint of both of the main characters, and that really helps to kind of round out what's going on and kind of the feelings of both parties in in all directions uh, in a way that I think really kind of actually helps Mm. it Um, because far too many of these kind of series tend to be just very much like his his uh, male kind of you know self insert protagonist. This is going to be all about their experience, and you know we'll just guess what everyone else is thinking. Whereas actually, you yeah, know, kind of getting getting everyone both parties' viewpoints really helps with that. Or typically, um, it's the male viewpoint, and then every girl around him has no thoughts going on. You know, yeah, no thoughts, head empty. You know, vampire thing i don't know like yeah it's it's just tumbleweed everywhere else um so yeah i i really like that i think my issue with it is that like it felt to me like this volume just kind of ran out of road about halfway through it kind of runs out of steam for me and then it just kind of parks itself in the realms of like well we'll just we'll we'll just pander to people a bit like here's some weird (laughs) fetishy stuff we'll go a little bit kind of you know fantasy led and we we won't really there's not really a lot else for it to do um and so i kind of called off on it quite a bit by the end of this volume because it's like yeah it feels like it's just kind of pandering to its audience now and it's it's sort of it's very quickly run out of kind of the interesting relationship stuff it feels like you know nothing is fundamentally going to change here and we're just going to kind of go through the motions and see what other kind of weird peccadilloes we can pick up along the way (laughs) Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, this for me, it's really weird because, as I say, I've read up to like volume. I've read volume three, and I'm I'm about to start four, and I really think that after where volume one ends, it picks up. But that's me making excuses, and that's not what we read for this, you know, review. Um, I will admit, there's like 
there's like a seesaw in my head about trying to justify but also accept that there are some weird missteps in this series like like you made the female main character you get her point of view which is great and also like hey turns out did you know girls can get horny too weird girls also have sexual preferences and and fascinations that's fun and they don't all have to just be fujoshi wild like who'd have thought women have internal okay I'm, i've got to start this joke um this sort of like weird argument straw manning like otaku um but yeah it does get to the point where it's kind of hammering on stuff a bit much and it's like you really need to move on to something here um and also yeah as you say it kind of parks the bus a bit and there's also like the the one thing that does stick in my craw and i still kind of like like it's the sort of thing that i end up like um Okay, sorry for the extended dumb like comparison here, but you know when you eat sweet corn on the cob and you get it stuck in between your teeth and you spend approximately 500 years like, trying to like pu- push it out of your teeth with your tongue? Like, this can't just be me. Don't just smile at me like, like it's never happened to you, Hanley. Um, but basically it's that. There's a, there's a plot point where, um, you know, Yumei does her high school debut and she has long, very sort of like Yamato Nadeshko long black hair and she's the smartest girl yeah she got the highest exam scores in the year and everyone's hot to trot for her and of course everyone goes up to Mizuto to make friends with him to basically leapfrog into trying to get into his stepsister's pants which is amusing but also the way they diffuse that or try and basically go you know the author seems to realize it's like ah i don't want to keep writing this this is a pain in the dick is basically have the main character go yeah i'm a bro- i have a brother complex i'm a brocon and it's like that's no that's a good way to like completely like deep six your entire high school social life like what is this and it it seems to be a really dumb emergency ripcord for the author to go i can't keep writing all these characters i need to like stream this out i need to clear this out a bit and like i can need to strip it back to like minami and no one else so i'm gonna do this really stupid thing and it's like yeah that's that was so yeah that bit sticks in my craw and continues to do so even though i like the series is like that was a that's a really stupid way to resolve that conflict yeah yeah and and again that that sort of feels like it has a little bit of a sort of pandering to the audience of like ah we we know some of you probably come here from like our emo and stuff like maybe maybe i can you know win you over with a little bit of this as well um because yeah it does feel very out of left field especially given kind of the starting point of her character it's like you know she is pretty as much as she's maybe trying to reinvent herself somewhat like she's still pretty kind of smart and kind of you know bookish and down to earth and so a a lot of the kind of more extreme stuff that she does just doesn't feel like the character that you wrote in chapter one in in a tangible way yeah she is it is kind of it is kind of an interesting thing that you know it's she's an interesting character but also is a case of like well you know you kind of went a bit far with this um at times where she's a bit too weirdy um but you know it there are like there yeah it's kind of irritating that i want to talk to you about all my things that i enjoy about this character but then realizing they're in future volumes that you know i'm kind of hammering that on a bit um but i do like the fact that you know weird dumb decision aside of proclaiming yourself a brother lover um like they are kind of like it's kind of a nice it's kind of a nice positive setting at least in they're like okay look like they have this whole game going on where they're like arguing over who is elder brother and who's old eldest who's the eldest in the pair of them and that's like 
like that's amusing if stupid but also feels a bit weird when it seems much more juvenile than they actually are it's like you guys are like 15 and 16 you probably shouldn't be giving a shit about this i mean obviously you're both het up and full of like hormones and emotions and so you're going to find any kind of wedge to kind of you know cement yourself in this totem pole but man that that is real weird yeah and i i don't know like i I think there's a part of that of just kind of like you know in, in relationships and friendships you end up having like dumb in jokes and dumb things that you kind of lean into as sort of like you know banter driven arguments basically <laughs> and that to me felt very much like one of those of like i don't know this started out as a really dumb not entirely serious conversation but then the other party buys into it and be like okay yeah i'm gonna run with this and they're like oh I guess I need to do this as well. And before you know it, you're having like the most dumb kind of recurring argument because somehow you've both kind of psyched each other into doing this thing. And like that, that's kind of how that played out to me. It's just like, yeah, you know what? Especially when you're a teenager, this is exactly the kind of dumb, stupid thing that you end up getting yourself into. And then neither party wants to be the one to be like, this is stupid. Let's stop this. Because then the other person will be like, ha ha, then I win. And it's just like, you know, you don't really know it's, it's kind of like mutually assured destruction at some point. Yeah, the only way that sort of thing gets dispelled is if someone outside the pair of you notices it happening and goes, what the fuck? And then you try to explain it and go, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Actually, and and the, yeah. That, that's usually like the, you guys need to get a room kind of moment of just like, look, you've clearly gone far enough down this rabbit hole that maybe, maybe you guys should just get back together. Yeah, well, that is kind of, I suppose, the undercurrent of the entire series. Um, you do have secondary characters. You have Kogure Kawanami, who is like this Egypt who basically hangs out with Irid, with Mizuto, kind of just gloms onto him. And then you have kind of the more problematic. You have Minami Akatsuki, who gloms onto Yume in more ways than one. And like this is kind of the bit, the the again, the dumb plot line that kind of gets rescued or fixed in later volumes where... She decides to basically try and confess to Mizuto jokingly to then like weirdly like Yandere stalk Yume. And it's like, I, like the tone of this is really strange and kind of like really oversteps multiple bounds of decency or sensibility to the point where the series itself has to go, hey, whoa, whoa, that's not cool at all. Even in light novel universe, like, hey, don't do that. And so, yeah, that that is the last. That it's a really bad ending point for a first volume to kind of end off on. Is uh, so you created a Yandere question mark? But now you're trying to walk it back as fast as you can because you've realised this series probably has legs, and you can't really have a character be this much of a live wire because yeesh. I don't know if you had anything to say about that because you mentioned it. Like the last half of the book is kind of what left you a bit cold yeah yeah i mean that that is definitely one of the moments and again i i feel like that is a shame because sort of that extended cast feel like they're quite kind of nice additions to round things out a bit and to you know give some different perspectives and then yeah like that that whole plot line again does very much go off the deep end and again it does feel a bit like it's a sort of pandering like ah we've heard we've heard you like novel readers like this kind of thing so here you go here's my attempt at this and it does just feel a bit a bit off base compared to everything that has sort of come before yeah for sure it yeah as i say it's one of these things that also that gets walked back uh, later on um but it, it does make it a bit strange but yeah, I, I, yeah, I came down really, as I say, I came down really liking this. I've continued to read it. I 
I only wish, and this is something that continues, is I wish there was more from the mum and dad. Because um, whenever they pop in, it's like, oh, these parents seem kind of sensible. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of, you know, they found love later in life. That's nice. You know, they've got kids who are growing up and seem perfectly sensible. So, you know, they're not worried about them anymore. So, yeah, that seems nice. And, yeah, they just don't get much look in because, hey, who cares about old people? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're mostly just rolled in to be like, oh, you guys are getting on so great. This is so, this is so nice to see. We were so worried that this would be a problem but it's not you're just like a proper brother and sister and uh yeah like it, I, insert I, I, gnashing of teeth yeah like i i would like to see them get a little bit more beyond just kind of coming in to to upset that apple car uh, or just kind of coming at other awkward moments um for sure yeah so yeah um also there's you know it's a light novel there's some illustrations throughout most of them are just there to say hey look look how cute these characters are and it's like yeah i guess so i mean the the designs are nice so that's fine it's nothing it's nothing it's not like it's a battle manga where you get a cool explosion it's just like hey this character looks nice when she does her hair and it's like yeah i suppose she does (laughs) cool we we heard you wanted to see what you may look like with a towel draped over her so here she is yeah yeah there is that (laughs) oh dear so but yeah i as i say i kind of come down enjoying this um i've continued reading it uh, not with like the white hot fervor but it you know it's been fun like the more more interesting things happen i don't know if i can encourage you to continue reading it andy or if you're going to leave it there yeah i mean it almost feels like one where i might be tempted if anything by like to see what the anime adaptation does just to kind of be a a, a, a more brief way of, of looking at that but yeah you know I, I certainly like i say i enjoyed the early part of it i think generally speaking it's well written again mm. you know by light novel standards at least there are you know some light novels are kind of a a bit of a a mess to kind of churn through and like i never found that i was like no okay this is actually like you know the the prose is is pretty good here and again the shifting viewpoints Mm -hmm. really help to keep it fresh and interesting um so yeah you know it's not it's it's not terrible um and i certainly (laughs) like the first the first couple of chapters i was it it, it almost kind of because it it started out so strong like it, it kind of that's probably what undid it for me because it's like oh this is legitimately actually like really good like i really like the way these characters are written and the way this is all presented and then it sort of felt like it's just like ah we're just sort of sliding into trope land here (laughs) yeah the worst um season ticket theme park you can get (laughs) Uh, not Thorpe Park. Um, that's, that's even worse, perhaps. Um, but yeah, I, I can understand that. I mean, yeah, it might be worth... I might have a look at the anime to see if they... Because I can imagine if the anime, with having hindsight, they're like, ah, we'll just like fix these bits up and abridge this bit and do 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 Although, also, I can absolutely imagine it just like honing in on some of the more troublesome aspects and be like oh no this is what we're here for and and maybe yeah. ignore the better bits so uh so who, who can say why does the camera keep talking towards yume's gro- yume's like chest yeah so... why, why is every camera on the floor i don't get it <laughs> oh dear so but yeah it's yeah i i yeah it's i i enjoy it a lot i'm continuing to read it uh but yeah it's it does have its sort of missteps and stumbles so yeah, unless anything else. Are, are you, Oops, sorry. Are, are, are you all like five volumes deep? On this no, or? I'm three volumes in, and I've got the fourth downloaded. Um, that's my kind of like pace. Um, kind of like I'm, I'm currently averaging a, a volume of month. Um, not so much like taking an entire month to read a volume, but it's more that 
every month I feel the itch. And so that's when it's like, oh, I guess I better put some eczema cream on and read this light novel. Um, <laughs> you know, apply directly to the irritated area. Yeah, I, I like the idea that this is some kind of prescription of just like, read a light novel twice a month. Do, do, not, <laughs> do, do not exceed the stated dose. Yeah, do not exceed the stated dose or you will go crazy. Uh, yeah, it's much like an antifungal or something. Complete the entire course, but don't overdo it. Oh my God. So, yeah. <laughs> topical light novel oh dear so yeah um and is there anything else to mention andy no i think that's it cool and so yeah that was uh my stepmom's daughter is my ex uh volume one the light novel uh and so moving on to a short break um from us hey there elliot here just interrupting this episode to let you know that screen tone club is supported by our lovely listeners via patreon Subscribing to our Patreon helps to defer the cost of buying the manga that we read for the show, keeps the show ad-free, and gives us a lovely, warm feeling inside. Yeah, by supporting us on Patreon, you also get our monthly bonus episodes, and if you support us on the $5 and up tier, you also get to vote on what we cover on these bonus episodes. Your pick of manga or light novel for us to cover. So to find out more, you can go to patreon.com slash club. Sign up today and you get access to our full back catalogue with over three years of bonus episodes. So whether you're a subscriber or not, thank you ever so much for listening. And now, back to the show, already in progress. Right, and we're back. And so moving on to your pick uh, for this episode, Andy. Yeah, so my pick for this episode is Rainbow Days Volume 1, which is it's one of those series where I feel like this name is just stuck in my head because I've heard people talking about it a few times, so I was like, ah, okay, I guess I'd better check this out. Uh, it's published by Viz Media as part of their Shoujo Beatline. Uh, the author is Minami Mizuno. Um, it is complete in Japan at 16 volumes, but only the first volume is out in English thus far, um, and you can buy it physically and digitally. Um, and so... The first character we're introducing in Rainbow Days is a young lad called Natsuki Hashiba. Um, he's uh, he's out on a on a date, or uh, he's out on a date for for Christmas with with his new girlfriend, which is all very exciting. Um, except, it turns out something something is is a little bit amiss with her, um, and her kind of. Natsuki's friends pick up on it. Unfortunately, all of Natsuki's friends seem like jerks. Um, which they really are super unreliable. Like, oh yeah, my god, <laughs> which really doesn't help them in putting their kind of concerns across. That like maybe maybe you should be careful about Yuri, this new girlfriend of yours, because um, uh, yeah, you basically have uh, Keiichi, who is basically constantly talking about S and M stuff, which is you know like fine like do, do, do your thing not gonna kink shame but can you just shut up about it for five seconds yeah maybe don't keep talking about it in public so loudly in the classroom yeah uh then you have tomia who is kind of i feel like one of your sort of most typical like um shoujo series characters who always has like x number of girlfriends on the go um and is, is constantly juggling them and then you've got siyoshi who doesn't even really turn up until a little bit later on mostly because he's just like he's an otaku so he's just like do, doing his thing um and he's he's not really obnoxious for the most part because you don't really see all that much of him no so um, not so not appearing in this chapter um yeah, although he does yeah. turn up at the end of the vo- end of the chapter to basically torpedo all of his friends and he's he's kind of the straight man but also is still like the like po-faced one who just walks away going wow you guys are idiots 
Um, yeah. He's correct, but he is also yeah. an idiot. So, <laughs> hey. Yes, in- indeed. So, so yeah. So, anyway, Kalinatsky's date, pl- date plans continue in spite of his friends and basically leads to a bit of a fallout because they're all trying to tell him that, like, no, nah, this girl is probably bad news. Um, and he kind of sees sees it as them just kind of being jealous or whatever and they're just kind of trying to break things up um and then once date night comes around for his his christmas eve date he very quickly realizes that actually yeah they were absolutely right and they're right on the money um quite literally because she's only interested in him because he has it because she spotted him with a fancy watch and decided that well he's probably pretty good for some some expensive restaurant dates um and so everybody makes up and everything is all happily ever after um and the series kind of continues from there, but I didn't really care because I hated all of the characters so much. Yep. <laughs> um, like, all of them are very kind of one-dimensional cardboard cutouts. They have their thing, which we've already mentioned, but that is pretty much all there is to them. Like, they just really repeat, rinse and repeat the same thing that is their bit over and over again in some slightly varied ways. And there's just no... There's just no real feeling of kind of like genuine engagement between these characters. It's like you can have a bunch of people who are very opposite personalities and still sell you on the idea of like, okay, I see why these guys are all friends and why they kind of goof around. And of course, when you have close friends, like sometimes you poke fun at each other and kind of deliberately needle each other. It's kind of how it goes. But like these guys seem like they're always at each other's throats for the most part. Mm. And there's very little kind of like genuine supportiveness and it just it was just kind of exhausting by the end of it i just wanted to get away from these people to literally any anyone else um as it goes further on like there are a couple of other female characters that are sort of introduced as sort of new love interests they're a little bit more interesting but again at the same time they still have like a single bullet point to their name but yeah yeah like they're still pretty one-dimensional i mean and then their interactions with kind of the male cast are also sometimes super kind of awful um and yeah i was just glad to get to the end of this volume just to get away from these people basically was my summary yeah i'm with you i must admit like my constant like frequently during reading this i was like i must be missing something here like this entire thing feels groundless and like baseless and like it uh, this feels like an add-on like manga like that for a light novel that a visual novel i've played but i haven't played a visual novel and i don't think there is one and i'm like there's nothing to these characters and they're all kind of jerks. And is this riffing off of existing property that I should know the property beforehand? I don't think there is something from my research. It's like, and also of course, like within pages, it's like, Oh, all these characters have an archetype and they're all, they all feel predestined, which again, leans into the whole visual novel aspect. And it's like, wow, this would be a fucking terrible visual novel. If you were chose, if you were the female main character having to pick between these fucking catches, (laughs) Um, also natsuki the main character is like thick as shit um like he is like way too dumb to survive and yeah there's just nothing really to it to really make it charming or interesting and you know the whole like thing is that like when natsuki gets his heart broken by you yumi or yuri or whatever the girl who was the, the gold digger um is he gives the scarf 
he chose to another girl who was like back print, you know, dressed as Santa, giving out free samples of cake or whatever. And then, oh, shock, she's in school. And, oh, you know, she has to sleep in the nurse's office sometimes because she like has allergies that are indistinct. At least it's not tuberculosis or whatever, like fucking anime coughing disease. And then he spends like multiple chapters going, oh, is she having an affair with the teacher? And then like everyone involved goes, no, you fucking idiot. And he still keeps believing. Anyway. There's just nothing really here. Like, I feel there's, well, there's something here, but there are zero, like, ingress methods to get at the characters or give a fuck about them. In fact, if anything, the one I cared about was Suyoshi, the otaku who doesn't show up. Because, of course, at the end of the first chapter, he shows up and goes, check it out, I've got a girlfriend. And you lot all just lost them. Ha. And, you know, the, the said girlfriend shows up later and it's like, oh, she's into cosplay. And she's the one who actually seems to be a human being with a pulse and a brain, a brainwave, um, because she actually has something she does, unlike everyone else. And like, because you have like, you know, the sickly girl who is ethereal and her best friend who reminds me of like every other like overly protective female friend character who is going to get a bad ending somehow because haha. Uh, yeah there's nothing there's nothing like I, seriously I was, I, as i said I, I could not get away from this fast enough either because it's like there's nothing here to enjoy and it feels like i should have already read the prime material that would make me at least know who the fuck these idiots are the one thing that i enjoyed the most was when someone else comes along and kind of like it's the first outside outside viewpoint on these quartet of male men these male these like male friends and they're basically like yeah you guys are the class morons whatever because they're all failing in school and it's like yeah you guys are just fucking idiots and the reason why you hang out is because everyone else has given up on you and it's like oh okay at least it's not made them out to be the hot smart boys of the school at least but that's like real fucking low stakes anyway sorry i've rambled on but yeah there's there's nothing to get your arms around here yeah, I, I mean, it feels to me like somebody has kind of looked at like, oh, what makes a successful shoujo manga and has written a bunch of bullet points after reading like, or in high school, host club, etc, etc. And then maybe gone away, like on holiday for a year and come back and found their like list of bullet points and be like, oh, yeah, this was everything I needed to do to make my manga. Because it's like, you know, as, as much as yeah, we, we talked about or on, the, on this podcast, I'm like, oh, that's not like my favorite thing ever like i'm not a huge fan of that but i can kind of appreciate that although all of its characters have pretty kind of narrow like archetypes they at least they at least grow those characters and give them some depth and kind of make them somewhat interesting they have interactions and, critically. And yeah and the interactions between them are interesting and feel genuine you know like human beings who spend any amount of time together would talk to each other whereas this just has none of that like it it has the facade of those characters and those interactions but it it is just a facade of that and once you peel that back it's just completely empty behind it um and that's that's the thing like it just feels so empty and shallow and there's just nothing that you can really kind of you know invest yourself in like you know even this whole sort of that whole opening chapter 
it should sell you on the protagonist and make you feel bad, like what of you know what what happens to him with his girlfriend, and be like, oh man, that really sucks. Like I'm, I, I hate that this has happened to this person, but it doesn't give you anything to kind of you know to hook yourself onto that to be like, ah, I I have I don't have any emotional investment in this character at all. Yeah, if anything, you know when when like his girlfriend goes full full like i don't know like comedic overly like super saiyan gold digger mode it's like ha ha yeah you should listen to your friends even if they are the single most unreliable friends known to man because goddamn you should have seen that coming um and yeah that yeah as you say it's a facade like it's what i was kind of groping out earlier is that like i was reading it going like there must be something else that i'm missing here like where is there should be there there must be a source material thing that i should have read first because this clearly assumes that i'm in you know i'm in the tank for these quartet of morons and it's like no way like i i like morons but not these morons because there's nothing to them like there's literally nothing to them yeah, and yeah. like i feel so the the black-haired girl who is like the the I don't know. I feel like Yuri Beatty slash, you know, girl who is clearly going to just have a hard time because she's has emotions. Uh, Mary um, is just like, you know, the character I care the most about, but is also, again, two dimensional or even one dimensional to a point because it's like she doesn't like dudes that much and you know is generally like prickly and it's like well that's cool but there's nothing to her it's just that she's prickly for a reason but it's like man this buff <laughs> yeah and, and and then it's it's trying to sell you on a, rom- a romance between her and tomia i think it is because sometimes yep. I, I i find it hard to tell the characters apart as well, well he, but it's, the, it's the whole joke about the fact that oh he is the kind of boy that she doesn't like because he's a playboy and a schlag and it's like oh but maybe there's some common ground between and i'm like yeah but nice try but i i could read something else that actually pulls that off (laughs) and at the moment reading this just makes me annoyed because you've got these interesting female character who's being done rotten so yeah yeah well and and again it it tries to skip so many steps of even like that relationship and and again i think this is true of of, of a lot of the relationships in this series where you know you you have kind of there is potentially an interesting thing there between tommy and marion like okay you know they clearly they are exact kind of chalk and cheese to start with but like yeah what are the things that maybe bring them together in this weird way or like you know some happenstance that makes them have to spend time with each other but it kind of doesn't really know what to do with that and so it just sort of jams the two of them together in scenes makes them kind of rub up the wrong way against each other a lot of the time and then it's been like haha you see and I'm like no I don't see anything because you've You've said nothing that sells me on the fact that either of these characters have warmed to one another in the slightest. Yet here we are with like Tomia being like, "Oh my god, I think I'm in love," and Mary being like, "Oh, oh, well, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm in denial, but actually, I like him." And it's like, why? Why do either of you have any kind of iota of feelings for one another? Because I just don't see it. Yeah, the series at times seems to um, assume that by putting a like docky docky sound effect and a screen tone in the background for the characters, that is like that's that's replaces character development or you know personal emotional change it's like no that's 
the whole point of that is to show something, not just though, yeah, if I plonk this sound effect in, that means their heart is pounding, which means that they're totally going to get together. And it's like, oh, come on. Um, I can just foresee, like, in the future, like, two of them being stranded in a ski chalet on the class trip. <laughs> and if that actually does happen, then please don't shoot me for being psychic. Um, but also, like, as a, I know this is a meta move, so forgive me, but holy fuck, 16 volumes. Holy shit, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is, like, I'm definitely not a lot reading to find out, but I'm kind of curious, as, like, how do you manage to do. 16 volumes worth of content with these characters um i'm i'm very curious i will say to, to bounce it out one thing that i liked about this series is they name dropped yuri yuri and it made me think why 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 is nobody licensed rescued yuri yuri so that was a pleasant five seconds in my yeah mind. that was really wild of like oh you're just putting the whole title in that's wild like yeah yeah it's yeah. not 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 even like no no asterisks for letters or just slightly off-brand yuri yuri it's like no we're just name dropping this so there's clearly some shared dna there except yuri yuri is actually good so yes yes um yeah the one the one other thing one other saving grace of this is that um digitally at least it's very cheap it was four pounds for the volume so at least i didn't pay you know nine pounds for this but that is rather sort of like thin praise (laughs) yeah yeah, it is. It is the continued wonder of like Viz Media's digital releases that you you will rarely have to pay over the odds for their their, their, their normal stuff like that. So, uh, so yeah, and if every penny saved on this series is is a penny well saved. So, I mean, you know, I've I have kept up to date on Kaguya Sama, and then found out recently it's all available on the Shonen Jump app. So, whoops. <laughs> but hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna take one on the chin and say that because I purchased that. I've done you all a service and now it's on the Shonen Jump app. That's my yeah. excuse. But well, and also and, and, to, and also frankly it was well worth keeping up to date with it as it came out. So hey. Yeah. And and, and to be fair like Ke- Kegia Sama deserves the the money so if people want to throw a few extra a few extra quid at uh, it's uh, it's way so that the, the author gets theirs then all for it. I should hope so given that it has like three fucking series of anime at this point. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, um, and a, and a movie incoming. Oh my god. Yeah, I, no, I can totally see. Yeah, I remember actually hypothesizing with friends about what that would cover. Um, actually interested to see what they do. Um, but no, sorry, back to Rainbow Days. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Rainbow Days. Um, I Yeah, and also the art wasn't very charming. Um, as you say, it had a case of same face with the characters, the male characters. Um, it looked kind of workmanlike, which is fine, but very perfunctory, mediocre. And yeah, I, I just, yeah, I was glad to finish finish reading it and delete it off my tablet yeah sorry yeah, it, 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 it 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 absolutely left me cold and it's it, it's th- th- there are so many series again like having name checked like oran if, if if you're looking for you know a, a shoujo series with a kind of a, a cast of male characters bouncing off of one another you can do far 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 better than this one for sure so yeah, that was um, Rainbow Days. Unless you had anything else to mention about this, Andy? No, nothing else. I mean, we can talk about a bunch of other manga that we like more than it because I think that that that's really what speaks volumes about this that we just started looking for literally anything else to talk about other than Rainbow Days. Yeah, I, I as I say, I I would I I I gave it. I, I will say, I believe quite honestly. I'm of course I would say this, but I think I gave it a fair damn shake, but. Man alive, was I glad to not read it anymore once I was done? Because it's just like, oh man, I'm so done with this. Like this, yeah, I, especially again. I hate to harp on it, but Natsuki is such a fucking dweeb. Like you can have a main character be a bit dense and adorable for the reason, but fuck me, is he? Is he? A, like, I mean, the rest of them are at least more obvious in why they're shit. Like the sadist, the slag, 
Tsuyoshi's all right, I guess. But then Natsuki is just like, holy fuck, dude. Like, get a grip. Like, you suck. <laughs> I would not go out with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, I, I, it's, it's absolutely fair to have like, oh, yeah, no, he's wholesome and naive, but... It no, just... he's not. He's annoying. He's, exactly. he's not even wholesome and naive. He's just irritating yeah and and, and i'll say in, in terms of giving it a fair shake like i got to the end of this first chapter and i was hoping like okay that was kind of rough but at least we've set the scene like yeah. the characters have done their bits and that was probably all just the, the setup so that you have a very clear kind of you know beginner's guide to this is who all these characters are this is like their general personality and then you know we can mix things up and soften them and broaden them out a little bit but yeah. no no none, none of that we're just sticking with that exact same shtick every every chapter yeah at the end of the first chapter i thought okay i presume or i maybe this is one of those prologue chapters that they come along and write later for the volume release to help give it a bit more grounding after the weekly shoujo beat churn of having to write 20 pages a week but i don't think that was the case and if it was it still didn't work um because there is a bit of a format change between the like um it's not quite four panelish, but it has four panelish tendencies. It feels like quite a lot, um, but if that makes sense in terms of like just pacing and structure. Um, but yeah, like after the end of the first chapter, I thought, okay, like you've set the scene, let's get on with it. Oh no, this is still bad. So anyway, yeah, I, I don't want to rag on it too much more um, because we, I feel like I'm going to repeat myself yet more. But hey, yeah, that was Rainbow Days. Um, I think I'm actually done now, Andy. I'm actually I've actually emptied the tank. How about you? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, likewise, yeah, nothing nothing more to add here. Cool, so on to what we're talking about next episode. So after reading Rainbow Days, I downloaded something that um, I realised we hadn't actually covered on the podcast, and I thought, man, I want to reread this series, and so I'm going to use the podcast as an excuse. So I have picked um, Nodame Cantible, uh, Volume 1. Um, from formerly of Del Rey Press, if you remember them, and now Kadansha. Andy, how about you? Yeah, so in, in a similar vein, after reading Rainbow Days, I thought, what's the one thing that I want to do to like make this stop? And that my answer was, burn the house down. And I thought, hey, there's a manga under that name that sounds kind of interesting, so that will be my pick. So Burn the House Down, Volume 1, is my choice for the next episode. Yeah, when you told me about this series, or put it in document, I was like, okay, let's read the synopsis of, ooh, that's interesting. So yeah, looking forward yeah, to talking was, about this. Yeah, that, that was exactly what happened to me. It's like, well, that's, that's a pretty cool title for a, a, a manga. I bet the synopsis is going to be something dumb. And then I read it like, oh, that sounds super interesting. So please don't disappoint me, Burn the House Down. Yeah, please don't burn my house down. Um, cool. So thank you so much for listening. Um, you can find all of our previous podcasts as well as notes, show notes, and the list of all previous episode titles covered at screentone.club. Um, if you do like the podcast, um, well, first, please consider joining our Patreon. Details beforehand, but you can go to patreon.com forward slash screentone club. Um, if also if you want to do a bit more you can tell a friend about the podcast um, word of mouth is still the single best way for podcasts to grow um, word of mouth being extremely powerful especially in an era where um, third party Twitter clients don't work anymore mumble mumble um, and yeah so you can find if you are still on Twitter you can find our Twitter at Screen Tone Club 
And you can also email us at show at screentone.club if you so wish. Um, my name's Elliot Page. You can find me still on Twitter because I cannot remove the like limp it from my arm. Um, and you can also find me at empty.computer. And Andy, how about you? Uh, yes, yeah, I, I was planning to not really use Twitter very much, but then football happened and I had to gloat about it. So you can find me on Twitter doing that and potentially some other things at Hannah's 1979. Well, t- you know, Twitter does bring out the worst in us, I suppose. <laughs> Cool. So thank you so much for listening and good night. Bye, everyone. Bye.